Hello, everyone. Hello, listeners. So welcome back to another episode of our podcast with Speak Up Sabah. So this is our third and final episode. Thank you all for joining us. And today we'll be discussing about the mental health of students during the pandemic. Joining me today in this podcast is um, a Isaacer and a friend of mine, Amanda Vivian, who is also a psychology student in University of Malaysia Sabah, as well as Esther Lowe, who is from a representative from the MIND faculty. Before they introduce themselves, I guess you guys know me if you've been listening to the previous episodes. My name is Isha Tilinadan and I am an uh, Isaacer and a part of Speak Up Sabah Timur. So again, um, before we carry on, maybe um, I can get Esther to tell us a bit about yourself as well as what exactly the MIND faculty is. Okay, thank you, Yishal. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank Yishal for inviting me to this podcast. My name is Esther and I practice as a counsellor and corporate trainer. I am now working with local and international students who are experiencing personal difficulties I help them to overcome their problems and to make appropriate changes to their lives. Um, at the same time, I also provide counseling services to private universities and international schools, uh, working closely with students, parents, and educators to improve students' outcomes. Yes, currently I'm practicing at the Mind, count, uh, mind Faculty as a counselor. Uh, a little bit about the Mind Faculty. We are a premium private mental health clinic in Solaris, Monkeara with multidisciplinary practitioners, comprises of psychiatrists, clinical psychologists, counselor, and therapists. Uh, we provide a comprehensive and effective solution for our clients for all mental health needs. We also provide corporate training, uh, training related to stress management, mental health awareness, and workplace wellness programs to organizations. And during the stay-at-home order, we have been able to cater to our clients' needs by providing online consultation, counseling, including corporate talks and workshops. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Esther, for that very nice introduction. Uh, first of all, obviously, I would like to thank you as well as the MIND faculty for being involved in this podcast today. Um, Amanda, maybe you would like to say hi to the crowd as well as give a short introduction. Hello, everyone. My name is Amanda Vivian and I'm the student of psychology in University Malaysia Sabah. I hope everyone will enjoy our podcast today. All right. Thank you, Amanda. So um, before we proceed, I mean, before we get into the details of what exactly is going on during this pandemic and the mental health of students, what exactly does it mean to be of good mental health? Maybe I can pass this question to Esther. Uh, yes, mental health is an expression uh, we often use and most of the time uh, the term mental health is frequently misunderstood by the general people. Now, uh, I'll give a definition by WHO, uh, what the definition of good mental health is, right? A good mental health is a state of well-being in which every individual realizes his or own potential. They can cope with the normal stresses of life, and work productively and fruitfully, and able to make a contribution to his or her community. Now, that meaning means good mental health is when you can cope with the normal stresses of life, work productively, realize your own potential, and be able to make a contribution to 
So in general, a good mental health of a person is characterized by a person's ability to fulfill a number of key functions. Uh, for example, the ability to learn, ability to feel, express, manage a range of positive and negative emotions, the ability of a person to form and maintain good relationship with others, and lastly, the ability to cope with and manage change and uncertainty. That is um, the definition of a good mental health. Thank you, Esther. I hope you guys understood what that was about. So, I mean, I think it's pretty understandable about what mental health is, and especially now in this day and age, where mental health is becoming less of a taboo and more of a normal daily conversational topic. So, in the sense of a student, okay, in this day and age, I mean, as a student myself, it seems to be pretty hard, or at least maybe some people might say impossible, for a student to maintain a good mental health, especially with so many factors like, you know, assignments and exams, as well as dealing with your own family issues. And especially during this pandemic, a lot of them would say that, you know, they are even more stressed out than they were before. So in your opinion, Esther, is, is it even possible for students to be mentally healthy? Michelle, in normal circumstances, um, everyday occurrences can often allow us to maintain our mental well-being. Now, the unavoidable effects of the COVID lockdown restrictions uh, may have harmed our mental health. It cuts us off from the things that gives our lives meaning and bring us pleasure. For example, um, the excitement of a night out with friends, the warm feeling of going to the cinema with a loved one, right? Now, whether you have an existing mental health problem or you're starting to find things difficult, the pandemic has definitely put a huge amount of extra strain on students, right? With the prolonged lockdown and the online learning. However, students can do some things to support yourself. The pandemic may have limited your choice, um, but limited your choice. But try to focus on what you can do to improve your mental health. Uh, here are a few things that you can do. Um, you can talk to someone you trust when tell them how you're feeling and you're struggling with your academic work, or student finances, and mental health, it is okay to ask for help. Check where the, uh, the mental health support are, uh, or who in turn can help you. Uh, a good place to start is by speaking to a close friend, family, or the university counselor. Now, if you cannot meet in person, you can always chat online, not turn to uh, what we call the online peer support. Now, peer Support brings people together who have similar experiences to support each other. And I think uh, there are there are NGOs in Malaysia, like in Sulengo. I think there is one called the uh, Mental Illness Awareness and Support ISA, uh, which is a mental health advocacy and peer support. So that's um, all right. And um, people need to students need to be cautious with news and information. All right, keeping yourself informed of current news might be important, but following COVID news um, may be important, but if you are struggling with your mental health, you may want to take a break. You also need to be wary of your social media use. Yeah, um, Social media can help you stay in touch with people, but can also make you feel anxious. This might happen if you see negative content about universities, students, or factors affecting your studies. So um, what you need to do is maybe consider taking a break. Um, and um, lastly, um, I think this is very important that we need to be kind to ourselves. If you're struggling now, it's important to be gentle with ourselves. 
right? We do not judge ourselves. There's no right and wrong view about COVID. All right. Thank you, Esther. Um, what about you, Amanda? I mean, as a student yourself, I'm sure you can give us a bit more insight on how, what exactly do you think, and is it even possible for a student to be mentally healthy? All right, Yeshal. Okay. So nowadays, we are dealing with problems with the COVID-19 pandemic. And since there is no cure yet to be found, we're facing a continuous state of public health emergencies, drastic changes in our lifestyle due to the consequences of social distance practice, and uncertainties about the future. So the consequences of COVID-19 pandemic undeniably had severely impacted our mental health. Well, at this time, personally, as a student, I think it is possible for a student to be mentally healthy as long as there is easy access to mental health support available for them. So now we are living in an era where there is a constant growth of technology. Therefore, I believe with the advancement of technology, we can actually take advantage of it by helping students who need mental health support. Now, I will take Starbucks company intervention in their employees' mental health as an example. So during last year's COVID-19 outbreak, starting on the 6th of April, therapy sessions and meeting with a counselor via video chat were available for Starbucks employees. Other than that, Starbucks company also collaborate with a software company known as Lyra Health Company to give unlimited access to self-care apps for their employees. So mental health support for Starbucks employee is just at their fingertip. Hence, so I think by providing easy access to mental health support, it is possible for the student to be mentally healthy. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank you, Amanda. I mean, yeah, as a student myself also, I would say, although I'm not someone who goes through a lot of stress, I mean, I do have my fair share, but I am one person who... I mean, knows how to have fun and who tries to balance the both. So I think, yeah, for the people who do not, I think, access to good resources like Esther and Amanda both mentioned, you know, there are different parties all over Malaysia who help out people who are going through issues. So if you are ever in that situation, I hope that you guys can reach out. And I know that the famous one that I at least have heard about is Befrienders. And yeah, so... Take note, guys. Moving on to the next question. As a student, Amanda, what are the common stress factors that a student normally goes through? So, the online learning system that has changed during COVID-19 pandemic requires students, all of us, to get more assignments and make them occupied with a busy schedule, busy lecture schedule. So, as a result, uh, the academic workload has been regarded as the most common stressor for students. Trust me, it's all over the social media. We can see students posting or tweeting about how continuous assessment, final examination, etc. makes them feel stressed. And getting good grades is usually their main concern. All the high achievers usually experience a lot of stress about doing well on tests. Other than that, student is vulnerable to stress because 
they spend most of their time struggling with academic alone. Because unlike last time, the student can find their support system easily when they are in university. However, now when the situation had changed, the increased level of social isolation forces us to do all the tasks by ourselves and lead us to stress. In addition, poor internet connection, also a common stress factor. Some students are unlucky because they have limited access to the internet due to the demographic area, especially those living in rural area or from poor families. And then it gets worse when a student has to fulfill their requirement to complete an examination online within a very short period of time while having a poor internet connection. As a consequence, they feel stressed because the situation will badly impact their learning as well as their grades while doing the online tests. Other than that, financial difficulty also can bring stress to the students. Some students reveal the financial difficulties in the family members, mostly, mostly parents, the backbone of the family, uh, getting laid off or receiving pay cuts in the wake of COVID-19. While their fam family is struggling to make ends meet, some students are worried about financial education that they have to pay for, for and the internet data that they have to purchase in order to make online learning possible and in order to make them graduate on time. Mm. All right. Thank you, Amanda. Yeah, I would say everything you said, um, definitely me or my friends definitely do go through, especially yes. internet connection. Um, because, you know, in Sabah, especially being from University of Malaysia, Sabah, we have a lot of friends who are in, not exactly rural, but even, even in cities, but not in KK, go through really bad internet connection and it's quite disappointing. And it might be very stressful for the students, especially, yeah, like you said, uh, the number of assignments and exams and tests have increased significantly. All right. With that being said, um, you know, on the other hand, however, a lot of students seem to be enjoying um, this online online learning because uh, a lot of them feel like it's easier that they can just focus on it, sit in their room and continuously work on it. There are no, not much distractions. So with that being said, in your opinion, is online learning better or worse for a student's mental health? So personally, I think the online class is worse for students' mental health. But depending on their personality and the family support they receive, some students may find it difficult to obtain proper guidance outside a normal academic environment. So being at home, students need to play both roles as a family member and as a student, which means they have to juggle with house chores, babysitting younger siblings while attending a lecture and doing assignment at the same time. Moreover, not all students can afford to have a good study environment. I'm talking about a good internet connection, a conducive learning space that is free from distraction. So the shift toward online education due to the coronavirus pandemic means students from less developed regions are likely to fall behind their urban peers. This is because the input that they receive will not be the same because they are all in different environments. Their routine of spending hours in, the in front of the computer without playing games or chatting with friends in person and missing out on sport, face-to-face -face art 
or music classes can be bad for students' mental health. And with the global pandemic going on and all the new norms to adapt, many students, especially university students, are facing unprecedented stress. And this January, we have a Chinese female university student from Cebu, Sarawak, allegedly committed suicide due to academic pressure. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that is very unfortunate news. Even I heard about it, and honestly, I am I was shocked. Obviously, but I was not very surprised because it is a lot for students to go through at this day and age. And yeah, in my opinion as well, I would say that it's better worse for students' mental health because you know, for me especially being an extrovert myself, I need the support from my friends. You know, I like to go out. I like to hang around. I'm not the person who can sit in the room for 24 hours and just work on the laptop, you know. So with that being said, let's moving on to the next question. Um, so I would like to direct this question to Esther. Um, how exactly do you think that online learning affects the mental health of students? Online learning certainly has affected everyone from young children to young adult students. For many students, online classes have definitely impacted their mental health condition. For some, the impact of the pandemic and the prolonged online learning has triggered new changes in the mental health and mood of the students. Some of the ways students are most affected by online learning is due to, example, due to prolonged social isolation. University has always been the center of many students' social lives them to connect with their peers, to socialize and express themselves. However, with unis moving to online formats, students may feel lonely, unmotivated and also discouraged because without regular social interactions. Research have also shown that the less social interaction may increase feelings of social anxiety and pressures. For example, Students may worry about changes in their friendship because of prolonged isolation. They experience difficulty concentrating or staying focused while at home and keeping up to date with their classwork. Another thing is students start to develop online fatigue. Spending a significant amount of time online can actually cause online learning fatigue. Sometimes it's also called Zoom fatigue. A day full of video interactions can be mentally draining. It's because our brains are unable to process information in the way it is accustomed to. Like when we have in-person interactions, there are a number of non-verbal cues our brains can process, but it becomes difficult or impossible to pick up on these cues during online because our brain work harder, have to work harder to interpret the information that we received. Now this can cause extra mental fatigue. And on top of that, when this is also coupled with constant um, self-awareness of being on camera in front of others, stress levels can easily begin to rise. However, um, despite the potential for online classes to impact a student's mental health negatively, we can also see some we can also see some positive benefits. For example, for some students, being home and around family, particularly during the COVID nineteen pandemic, can offer feelings of safety and reassurance for them. 
because for these students, their home can become a safe learning environment where they can feel safe and become more productive. In addition, yes, uni is a place for students to socialize and form friendships, but not all social interactions are positive. Some students may become victims of bullying at university. For these students, online learning offers an escape from depression and anxiety caused by the fear of being bullied. For some students, online classes can also provide an escape from the constant weight peer pressure. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Esther. I feel like, yeah, as much as there is negative, sometimes the positive might obviously prove a, you know, like a silver lining, if you might say. So there might some be some benefits, and I think it depends on the person itself. Like, I know a lot of people, because even in my course, our university accounting, we carried out a survey in which we wanted to see how many students wanted to go back and how many wanted to stay at home. And actually, a majority voted to stay at home, which was, to me, surprising, but apparently a lot of people do like it. So I guess it depends on the individual and their environment, like Amanda mentioned. So uh, moving on to the next, in the negative sense of point, though, the people who are going through more stress and more anxiety during this point of time, what can these students do to safeguard themselves from this? Or can you like offer any tips and tricks to relax that students can practice at home, Esther? Um, helping students cope with stress of online classes is very challenging, right? However, there are ways that students can do to cope. Uh, th th these are some of the tips that uh, I would like to bring out, right? Students can try this to keep your balance or rebalance yourself. Now, very importantly, a person must value yourself, right? Treat yourself with kindness and respect and avoid self-criticism. Uh, make time, all right, for your hobbies or favorite subjects, uh, favorite projects or, you know, your interests, or broaden your horizons. Uh, one of the things is I've seen uh, some of the students that I work with, they have uh, maybe start to learn to play some uh, a, a new instrument or even become fluent in another language. So so that's the first thing, you know, we you know a person can start to, to resolve and, you know, uh, value yourself and get some value for yourself. Next, you of course, very importantly, you need to take care of your physical body. Taking care of yourself physically can always improve your mental health. So we said be sure to eat nutritious meals, drink plenty of water, exercise. And, um, you know, because uh, exercise do help with depression and anxiety and improve moods. So the last thing is you must get enough sleep. Um, researchers believe that lack of sleep contributes to a high rate of depression of students. Next, we said maybe we need to surround ourselves with good people. People with strong family or social connections we see generally are healthier during this pandemic. Like Michelle said, you know, um, why students choose to go back home because yeah they feel safer right so we should make plans um, with supportive family members and friends or seek out activities yeah where even not family and friends you can go out and meet new people um you know even though during this pandemic you know and uh, join a support group or something right so um, you can start to volunteer your time to help uh, volunteer your time and energy to help someone. Um, I think you will feel good about doing something tangible to help someone you need. And um, it's also a great way to meet, meet 
um, meet new people, make an impact, um, and experience new culture. Example, I think um, an NGO like uh, ASEC, AIE SEC, you uh, your 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 whole your NGO, right? Yeah. Okay. So next would um, people need uh, students may need to learn how to deal with stress. Like it or not, stress is going to be part of our life, right? Um, so what we what uh, what universities should do is to help students to have programs where to teach them to practice good coping skills. Yeah, there are quite a number of self help programs. Um, I have myself have done some programs for universities, uh, mental health. Um, I teach uh, university students cognitive um, behavior technique, right, or the mindfulness, right. Uh, example mindfulness um, is a relaxation exercise to improve the state of mind and outlook on life. Um, mindfulness can help you to feel calm and focus your mind on the long term. Um, and the good thing is there are a lot of self-help out there. There are a lot of mindfulness apps out there which are not expensive to, um, you know, to register in the market now. For example, you have mindfulness app like Headspace and Calm, which I find a lot of my clients have been using and uh, it has been very helpful to them. Yeah. Um, at the same time, um, you know, uh, students may need to set realistic goals, all right? Um, you need to decide uh, what you want to achieve academically and even your personal. Yeah, you probably need to start a plan and write down the steps you need, um, you know, write down realistic goals you want to achieve. Uh, you can aim high, but yeah, be realistic and, um, you know, um, and if you achieved it, you know, uh, you might enjoy a tremendous sense of accomplishment and self-worth. Uh, lastly, uh, very uh, importantly is to seek help because uh, therapy is effective. You know, you can go to your university counselor or seek external professional help. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, Esther. Yeah, I feel like um, earlier on you mentioned the point where, you know, you can learn a new skill like um being it an instrument or just learning something new online and i feel like i personally know a lot of people who have been doing this and it's a very good way to cope with uh, everything that's going on since we're already spending so much time in our houses in front of our laptops we might as well do something more productive like you said learning a new skill or you know there are a lot of courses out there where you can just pick up something like coding maybe or even like you said learning a new language and i feel like Personally, obviously, um, it will definitely help you tackle your own issues as well as, you know, it keeps you sane and not too stressed up over just focusing on your studies and your education all the time. So, yeah, with that being said, thank you, Esther, for that very enlightening thing and highlighting the importance of seeking help. Moving on, um, Amanda, I would like to direct this question at you. Um, you know, we have a lot of friends. So what exactly can we tell our friends who are going through a tough time or know someone who's going through a tough time during the pandemic? Like, what kind of pep talk would we give them? Hmm. Okay. So to all my fellow friends who are listening to this podcast, if you're going through a tough time, please don't give up. If you're feeling stressed out because of the burnout, Give yourself a break for a while, but never ever give up. There will be time when darkness seems to consume everything, but don't let it consume you. Sometimes you're barely making progress and that tough situation making you want to stop. 
and then just trust the process because you will <laughs> you will be stronger and better as time goes on and bear in mind that you're going through a phase and it's just a temporary phase and when things get out of control just like as they say just now don't be afraid to seek help talk to your trusted friends or family members because when we when we share our prob problems to other we are actually dividing it into half or even better if you can get professional help and lastly be gentle to yourself just like you are to everyone else yeah stay safe everyone <laughs> all right thank you amanda yeah um trust the process it's something that we prioritize a lot in isaac at least as an organization and i think it's also very important to apply it into your daily life like amanda said most of the things are temporary and most of the struggles that you go through are temporary so it's important just to do not give up like amanda said and just push through all these hurdles and you might come out even stronger or better at the end of it so thank you for that amanda um a final question before we wrap this up um to esther you know um with mental health still being um somewhat taboo topic especially to the older generation and to parents and society as a whole like i can tell you myself that my own father does not take mental health very seriously so what do we say what how can we support the students who are reluctant to seek help due to fear of being shamed or demeaned by their parents or even society as a general if you feel that someone you care about is clearly struggling but cannot or will not reach out for help due to the stigma or lack of psychoeducation, it is important for us to avoid sending a message to them that could cause even further feelings of shame. It is common for people to be embarrassed by their problems and, then, and it can be hard for them to relate. Therefore, it is understandable that they may take some time before admitting they need help. So how can we be there for someone who is not ready to seek help? If your offers of advice or support is being rejected, you may feel like you are powerless to do anything. However, you can still be there for your friend. You might just need to take a different approach to the way you're supporting them, but do not give up. At the same time, be available for them. Listen to your friend when they need to talk. Ask them what is going on and just reflect what they say. Help them to feel hurt. You can ask how they're feeling because people who usually have a hard time taking action unless they feel hurt and understood. And you can continue to be supportive. Resist the urge to fix or give advice. There is a time for advice and there comes a time when someone asks for it and you can offer. Because if they have not asked, what you need to do is lean towards giving support and listening. Once people given the space to feel heard, their defenses go down and they are more open to a conversation. And then we can start to offer our support to them by referring the right people to help them. Remember, we do not force the issue or put pressure on them. Because if we try to pressure or force a friend to get help, it may come from a good place from you, but it can also have counterintuitive, be counterintuitive because you actually 
create an opposite effect to what you intend to do. And you could turn your friend off to seek help altogether from you. What you need to do also is you also do not avoid your friend because it is likely when you avoid them, you make them even feel more isolated. It may also mean that when they are ready to seek help, they might not feel comfortable about coming to you for support. Lastly, when you feel that the things are getting really serious about your friend, um, what you need to do is you need to do a bit of research into what help is available. Example, you can help get help from the university counsellor or the community near you. You can offer to give directions or where to seek help. For example, you can share the mental health services and hotline or contact NGOs like Relate or Befrienders who will be there, who will be, there, who will be ready to help them. All right. Thank you, Esther. And yeah, I would say that, you know, we, I don't understand really why this topic has become somewhat taboo, but I am glad to know that, you know, the next generation or our generation um, is taking steps to prevent this and voicing out about this issue more. And that is also one of the objectives of this podcast is to get more people talking about it, is to make sure that people know that this is not something to be ashamed of or not something to be, you know, like not something to share. Mental health is a very serious issue and you should definitely talk about it um, as a topic on its own. And if you are going through something, yeah, like we've been saying from the start of today's session is to seek help. So with that being said, uh, we're going to wrap it up right now. Um, before we wrap it up, maybe there's a few words that you would like to say. Um, maybe you can start off with Esther. I would like to end by saying that effective and early intervention is particularly important. It means identifying and receiving effective early support or to tackle the issues head on when the issue arises before problems get worse to a person who is experiencing or demonstrating any early symptoms of mental illness. Intervention is not only critical for preventing or reducing the progress of mental illness, but it is also to improve a student's mental and physical well-being, their academic performance, their community participation, and also their socio-economic outcomes that goes far into the future to prepare a student for adult life. So when you, it seems serious seeing a friend with distressing mental health issues, if you have won their trust and you are in a position to help them get the right professional help, I would encourage you to help them to seek help from the appropriate mental health professionals. Thank you. Thank you so much, Esther. Um, Amanda, maybe you would like to end it with something, a short quote or whatnot. Um, I want to say uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. And I hope all the listeners get useful insight of psychoeducation from this platform. And I want to encourage all of us, let us normalize reaching out to people who need help and reaching out to other people when you need help because we are all in this together. Yeah. All right, some high school musical vibes over there. Thank yeah. you. <laughs>
Amen, God. Uh, with that, I would like to wrap up today's session and end it with just by saying, you know, um, I really hope that this podcast has impacted you in one way or another, be it supporting yourself or giving support to someone else. Um, it's important to start talking about mental health more and bringing awareness to this topic, which has long been, you know, um, swept under the mat, if you would say. So with that being said, thank you for tuning in on the final episode of our podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this session and see you soon.